Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dog, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting low, as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. All right, PK. Does All right, it, DJ. Does it feel like the last chance? For what? For the Utes to catch the Trojans here this weekend. Beat Washington. There's one scenario that works for the Utes. They beat Washington. USC loses to Oregon. Then Utah's caught USC. They're in first place, and their job is just went out, take care of business, oh, they got three and go to Pac-12 title game. Got uh, UCLA, Arizona, and Colorado. Dog, doggy, and doggier, <laughs> and doggiest. Yeah, you don't win. You don't go three and zero in those games. You don't deserve to win it. So don't have to worry about it. That would be the most epic choke of all chokes that any local program has had. Every other combination this weekend with Utah going to Washington Saturday at two on Big Fox and USC and Oregon on Big Fox at six. Every other combination, they both win. They both lose. Worst combination, USC wins and Utah loses. That is the worst combination, that, yeah. I, I think it's okay if SC beats Oregon. Because? Because I think the volatile nature of SC's defense, they would still have a chance to lose. They haven't been and going And you're playing a right. rival game. That's one advantage of you. You don't have a rival in this conference. Colorado is not bringing the juice right. to the Utah game that UCLA is bringing to yeah. the SC I mean, game. it's obvious. So it actually works to your advantage. And get off your high horse. You don't, you don't have no rivalry with SC, so knock that off. I mean, that's so, you're no different than everybody else in the, in the division. Yeah, we got a rivalry with SC because when we win, we jump up and down. And meanwhile, when they beat us, they walk off the field. <laughs> That's the truth. I've seen it for 40 years. They got UCLA and Notre Dame. They're pretty much done. Every, they oh, and just then got, they play Cal and Stanford every And year. what they've got is a target. That's what they've got. Yeah. So uh, that's it works to your advantage that you don't have a rival in this division or in this conference. And we've seen it last year. The Bruins sucked, and they still managed to win. So... And they're getting better, obviously. They've won two in a row. They just destroyed the Sun Devils and Herm. I get it. Yeah, how about you get feeling a competitive team for once and shut the hell up with I get it. That's just my own personal bias. But, uh, <laughs> You're down on coaches today. Oh, I'm going to get a list I said of the same thing when, they, when he was hired. I mean, he's not going to go two and eight, but he's not going to go eight and two. Right. And that's what I said. And so we see it manifest. They're in November trying to get bowl eligible, just like they've had for th- 40 years. Nothing's changed. So, Utes just need to worry about beating Washington. I think SC's going to lose somewhere along the line, no matter what. Now, obviously, you would rest easier if it would be Saturday, and then you take the guessing game out of it. Then you go into November with three crappy opponents that you should roll. See what happens Saturday. I think that's what's going to happen. I'm more sure that Oregon's going to beat SC than I am Utah's going to beat Washington. Well, that reflects, I think, what most people think. It certainly reflects what Vegas is. And and Vegas isn't trying to predict the games, although they do do it pretty well. But they are really just trying to split the public in half. And they've got Oregon as a six-point favorite and Utah as a three-point favorite. So I think most people out there are thinking, yeah, they're – Oregon should go down there and beat SC. That Oregon's but I don't, I, I, I don't think it. 
I don't care what the line is. I don't pay attention to that. I just go by what I feel. Uh, it's, the line didn't mean anything to me. Oregon should be able to score on USC's defense. But SC's going to be able to score, too. I mean, and it's funny to watch these guys play. It's not the SC I grew up with, with them throwing the ball 50 times and a freshman quarterback throwing for 400 yards. Uh, but nevertheless, that's what they've got. And it's probably best suited for them this year with the great receivers that they have. I mean, they, they ended up, if you watch that Oregon or Colorado game, uh, St. Brown ended up being somewhat of a running back, uh, getting the ball and then not just lining up in the tailback position, a la Marcus Allen, Charles White, and blah, blah, blah. Over the years, they, that's not the way they play him. Um, but he did run the ball a number of times. So uh, I don't discount SC's ability to win. I mean, I think they've got marvelous talent. Uh, and they're probably going to have to win a high-scoring game. That's for sure. Uh, and the Utes, I almost think that uh, these last couple of weeks, last three games, have worked against them because... Fool's gold? Yeah, to an extent, you know. I mean, they overwhelmed these teams. We saw it last year. You know, they are 4-0 in October. And I, I know Huntley went out, uh, but this defensively, Huntley didn't play, and they got rolled uh, against an average offense. And so here Washington gets it going... Uh, it could be trouble. But, I mean, that's what you want, man. You want tough games. You just don't want cakewalks every week where it's just, I mean, the stadium was empty, basically, at the start of the fourth quarter, late game. It's trash competition. No no tension whatsoever. Uh, you can't have that every week. If you have that every week, it doesn't mean as much. You're a top ten team. You have a chance to prove it. And the thing that I like, it's not necessarily a now or never but it's certainly now or yeah, I don't know that we're going to be here anytime soon. You, you probably will be there again, but prob- not the next couple years maybe. So you got this just golden opportunity right in front of you. It's the biggest game you've ever played since you've been in this conference. And see what happens here. This is what it's all about. And you got to go on the road no less. That's what, You want that too. Because you're trying to gain some national acclaim. And you're getting it to a decent degree, not in large doses, but you'll get it even more if you go up to Seattle and win. Because people recognize that's a tough place to play, even though the Huskies clearly are rebuilding. Uh, To me, you look at the Huskies last year, last couple years to this year, it's what I see the Utes being next Next year. year. And what you thought they were back in 2016. Yeah, you got to reload. It's just the way it is. 17, was it? Two years ago, when yeah. Huntley was, it was a first-year start, yeah. he threw four picks against the Devils, and they rolled him. You know, and it, so you took your lumps. He went seven and six, and last year's a little bit better. And now this year, that's on, you're on top of the world. So it sets up to be a massive opportunity. If I'm a youth fan, I'm so jacked by it. I'm nervous. I don't have any problem acknowledging that. Yeah, but that's what you want before a big game. They're yeah. going to be a little nerves. Yeah. When you're not nervous, before the Cal game, it feels like a lot of those Mountain West games felt like at the end of your run in the conference a decade ago. You knew you were going to beat New Mexico. You knew you were going to beat UNLV. I mean, you could just go down and check up. The, the TCU game was a big game. The BYU was a big game. But, man, there were a lot of CSUs getting beat, people. One of the things I don't want to hear anymore is this November choke stuff. I don't forecast that. You could lose, but it's not a choke. If you lose these other games later in the month, 
That's another story, but not this game. I have no fear of, oh, it's Kyle Whittingham's team, it's trait, it's to go in November and get beat. I don't worry about that. That's, I don't see that. That's a thing of the past. Worry about that and you know, if they win this game and these other games. But for this Saturday, if you lose, you probably will have gotten beat. It won't be uh, because you choked. I think anybody who's got the fear of choking shouldn't have that fear anymore. And if you're a Cougar fan and you're hoping on a November collapse, I wouldn't count on it. So then they're going to go up there and be Washington. Well, they could lose, but just because you lose doesn't mean it's a choke. Guess we'd have to see what it looked like and how it played out. But you got a lot of NFL talent. You got a lot of seniors. And they are rebuilding. Okay, but doesn't that doesn't mean it's a choke? They're, I, I don't think it's a November gag. I don't. I don't forecast that. Because if you go ten and two, that's not a gag. All right, you got me there. You may have just gotten. I want to. I want to argue that, but I got nothing for you right now. <laughs> I don't see where they gagged against SC. They got beat. They played a crappy game. In some ways, they beat themselves with all sorts of penalties. Well, what's the difference between playing a crappy game and gagging? A team that you should dominate, you didn't. You have first down and goal from the three, and you don't score. I mean, we saw it. Go look at prior games in November when they had opportunities to seize control of the South, and I they lost didn't. lost UCLA at home, right. Yes, that was an inferior team. I, Washington technically may be inferior, but they're not an inferior team. They may be inferior to you over the course of a season, was that but an they're not or, an inferior was that, program. Was that an 8 or 9 UCLA win team? Because Washington could end up being an 8 or 9 win team here. I don't remember. Yeah. And for that matters, well, I think USC could still be an 8-win team. I mean, if they went out in the conference, that will be eight wins. And then well, their Notre schedule Dame would be is a thousand times tougher than yours. Not even close. A- ask, uh, you know, instead of asking what would Utah be with BYU's schedule, I would ask what would SC be with Utah's schedule? They'd be the exact well, same thing. <laughs> well, USC went to BYU and lost, and Utah went to BYU and won. And that puts them at one loss. Exact same thing. Just like I said, exact same thing. And they'd be undefeated in the, div- the, in the division, conference. Yeah. yeah, I knew what I was saying. Exact same thing. 7-1, baby. Yeah, that's, that's what I think. And they, they lost to BYU. That was their f- f- first-year freshman playing his first road game. And he threw three picks. It happens. These are not accomplished pros here that you can count on them every game doing what they're supposed to do. It was his first road game, and he stumbled a little bit. He sure looked awesome Friday night. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Gary Anderson, there was a stumble. Air Force 31-7 win over the Aggies. BYU had a bye week to get ready for the uh, game up in Logan. For the Aggies, they got to bounce back from that and get ready for the Cougars. We'll talk with Gary Anderson about that. Next, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz split two games over the weekend. Now they're headed to Phoenix to play the Suns tonight, 8 o'clock, AT&T Sportsnet. Pre-game show starts at 7 o'clock. You can listen to the Jazz game on 97.5 The Zone. Over on 1280 The Zone, Monday Night Football, the Dolphins at the Steelers. Game kicks off at 620 on ESPN. Major League Baseball, World Series off tonight. They're back at it tomorrow, Game 6 in Houston. Astros are now up three games to two. Road teams won all five games so far. Houston with three two-run homers to power their way to the Game 5 win last night. And Tiger Woods matching Sam Snead's record for total tour wins, 82, with a victory at the Zozo Championship in Japan. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Ken Garf, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. Savings are on at Ken Garf West Valley Jeep. Stop by during Jeep Adventure Days and take advantage of special offers on select new models. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West Valley Jeep. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The head coach at BYU, Kalani Sataki. From what I heard, Hans was wrestling guys at BYU no, even if they didn't want to be. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> you always kind of walked away from him because you never knew what kind of mood he was going to be in. You didn't know if he was going to take the chair from under you and balance it on his chin. Or he's going to literally pick you up and bench press you or put you over his head and suplex you. I already told you the story about how he hyperextended my elbow when he suplexed me and I wasn't expecting it. I mean, you know, it's just the thing like that, this Hans was a walking liability. So uh, it's, it's nice that he's sitting down and on a microphone instead of causing accidents everywhere. He still does that too. <laughs> I still do that every once in a while. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. All right, PK, let's put the stats aside. Let's get right into your gut-level analysis. Would you rather be BYU coming off a bye week? I'd always rather be BYU. Two weeks to get healthy and prepare for Utah State. Make sure you understand that. Pour over the film, looking for every edge, every you know trick play, fake to fourth and one run, pretend to bobble the ball and then throw a touchdown pass. Or... Utah State, you're coming back, you're angry, you got an edge, you're embarrassed. You looked at that scoreboard and saw 31-7 to and like, yeah, okay, maybe you lose to Air Force because they got a good team and you're on the road, but that was wrong. That shouldn't have happened. We shouldn't have gotten worked like that. We're going to take it out on the next team we see. I would rather get back out there and play. Yeah. I, if I'm – I never was a college football player, but – at least from my perspective, the chair that I sit in, two weeks seems like an awfully long time to not have a game. And then to have to do it twice, which everybody's having to do them because of the calendar. For whatever reason, for me, and time usually goes by fast, but those weeks seem to go by slow. So I would rather get back out there. If I had won, I'd rather get back out there and keep it going. If I had lost, I'd rather get back out there to try to get that taste out of my mouth. Either way, I want to get back out there. I only have... So many of these games, you basically, give or take, have 50 games to play college football. Right? We don't know the variables of injury you, and whatnot. You and I look at it that way. I wonder if players do. I think they do by the time they get to be a senior. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're yeah. counting that. I totally buy yeah. that. But I don't know if a freshman walks out and thinks, I've only got 50 of these. Or they walk out like, I'm a freshman, it's all new. 
Well, probably a little bit of both, and it depends on the kid. Because yeah, you you too. you had gone through it at the high school level too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you you wake up and all of a sudden it's your parents are out on the field and it's senior day and yeah, and I think we are it. we are seeing it. It's uh, I don't know if the right expression is the college ranks have been more professionalized. That's not exactly spot on, but it kind of is. And so to a degree, I think right exactly. You don't have senior I, day in the NFL, right? Um, but what I was getting at is guys like Zach Moss and Jalen Johnson. I mean, they came in with a plan. So if they went big picture and said, you know, I've got, I'm going to have well, and then Jalen Johnson wouldn't say he had 50 games because he came in thinking three years right from the mm-hmm. get go. Three, yeah. You know, so I, I can see where some guys like that. And maybe that's a newer thing. I don't know that people were thinking that 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. Maybe somebody was. Uh, but it seems pretty clear there are a lot of guys thinking it now. It's become kind of a normal thing to do. Well, I think a lot of them are, are looking at it. Hey, I need to get that degree, so if I need options, I can go. And, that's and then been added be into the mix, too. Right. I mean, that's a new phenomenon. The grad transfer 10 years route. or so, however long it's been. Maybe not even that long. So you have guys, and, and, and actually... How long, how long has Russell Wilson been in the NFL? Because I think he was the first guy who I really thought, huh, he, yeah. he saw that coming, he planned that out. Years, six years. Because uh, that seems to be where it started. So the benefit of that isn't as it, it's intended. It was supposed to be an academic role to where you have your major that you want right. to do to get a master's degree or what have you. Well, that and then that... That was the intent of it, and that's become a joke. But the positive is that guys are taking academics and getting a degree more seriously to give them the flexibility should they need it. You know, like you've got uh, Sears at SC, quarterback, and he's supposed to graduate here in December and have a couple years. All right. That's good. Good for him. So get that degree. And if it's helping you pursue it, and we talked to Jalen Johnson a couple of weeks ago where he's loading up on on uh, 21 credits and then 18 credits during the season and take it in the summer. So he plans to have he plans to have the degree so he can have the degree and not have to worry about going back to college when he gets into the NFL. So his you really can have you really can have it all. <laughs> yeah. His intent was different, and you know, he t- go back and listen to that interview that we did with him a couple weeks ago. It's on our website, and it's really, really good. To where he wasn't talking about having much of a social life. He's not interested in that now. That there's time for that down the line. He even said he basically didn't care how good Utah was. He ca- it was a business decision to get himself out on the playing field early to show himself before scouts early and have them track him for three years. And it's almost like to the extent it's been a bonus that they've been this good this year. Right. It worked out for him, and with the other kids deciding to come back, the guys on defense and, and Moss, instead of going to the NFL, well, they've been able to benefit that, and now they'll all leave, I believe, triumphantly. Uh, Jalen could have gone to the NFL. Jalen could have gone to Oklahoma if he wanted to win a lot in college and play on that kind of stage. Yeah, for sure. So, came came to Utah because of the path to the NFL. Mm-hmm. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Utah State football coach Gary Anderson. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Gary, good morning. Good morning, guys. So obviously, thir- uh, we're, we're probably better than you. I, I assume uh, you're stewing a little bit after the game. 31-7 to 7 wasn't the plan. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, so, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So you watch it. What what went wrong? There's probably a list of things that went wrong, but what were a couple of the critical things that went wrong and got that game off track? 
Well, I think the one thing is, is number one, the Air Force is, is a very good team. Um, they're a mature team. They're um, a tough-minded team. And, uh, you know, uh, quite just frankly, our, our football team in that situation, in that setting, we need to freaking be better on the line of scrimmages um, on both sides. And, you know, we're, we have a young offensive line. We have this and we have that and blah, blah, blah. That, that's just whatever. We're, we're far enough into the season to where, you know, we expect to be able to play at a high level. And, uh, you know, we got beat on the line of scrimmages. And so well, whatever that means moving forward, we got to look at it, adjust it, understand it, coaching better. Kids got to take responsibility. We got to get stronger. We got to get um, those settings and, and, and grow up a little bit. So that's number one. Number two, um, you know, offensively, we obviously had uh, no offense and um, that's been basically a trend and that trend needs to stop and it needs to freaking get better. And if, when it does, we'll have an opportunity to, you know, move ourselves down the field and beat an Air Force team like that. Air Force is going to get yards or going to get offense um, on you when they have really good players and they have really good players this year. And, you know, they've done that, uh, you know, fairly consistently throughout this year. So you have to match strength with strength. And in my opinion, against them, it's you know, find a way to get them off track on offense, uh, their offense, which we didn't do a good enough job of, put them in uncomfortable situations and then make plays and get off the field. We were able to do it a few times, but not enough, obviously. And, uh, you know, you can't run whatever it was, 30-some-odd football plays. I looked at it the week before, two weeks before, and Fresno had 44 plays, and I thought that was uh, a few plays to get run against you, and all of a sudden we found a way to, to uh, make that even worse for ourselves. So uh, recipe for success is not 46 minutes of uh, possession time. Um, being inept completely on offense um, to beat a good Air Force team. So uh, lots to work on, and I look at myself right in the mirror and say that's uh, on me, and I'll do all I can to help these kids get better and help these coaches get better. But uh, that was hard to sit through for four quarters on that sideline and um, deal with that. So in watching that game, I thought that, you know, you're down 17 nothing. I think it was, but then you come out in the second yep. half and you score, and they go, okay, I mean, you're right back in this thing. And then, if I remember correctly, you, you trade a couple of punts, they pin you back down at the one, and you go three and out, at least from a field yep. position uh, vantage point, if you had gotten maybe one or two first downs, because then they score. And I thought that was the essence of the game right there. Is that the way you saw it? Great point. No, no, there's no doubt. I mean, we're sitting in a position to be able to, you know, score. We come back, get the ball. Um, can't do what we need to do. Force them to uh, punt, make some nice plays, uh, and they punt and pin us on the one yard line, and then we go absolutely nowhere. And you know, that was uh, we punt it. It's, it just happens to be into the wind. That's the game when you're playing it. And it was a stiff wind. The punt was decent for kicking into a 20 mile an hour wind, but. You know, we can we can all find a crutch, right? We can find the rain, we can find the snow, we can find the cold, we can find the wind. We can, there, there's crutches out there wherever you want them if you want to look for them. But you know, we need to convert a couple first downs in that situation, flip the field, or go score. All of a sudden, it's a you know it's a one score game. It's halfway through the third quarter, wherever it sat at that point. Air Force has 17 points, and as bad as it was on defense, the bottom line is points. That's that's what you look at at the end and say you win or lose with points. And you know, we had an opportunity to be able to you know cut it. To a decent position right there and we weren't and they got a short field got the ball on the 40 yard line punched in and scored and um you know at that point it was uh it was going to be uphill sledding the way that they grind the clock and 
you know, those guys wake up in the morning and they just as well, you know, step on your face as play you in a football game, and that's how they're trained, and I respect the heck out of that. That's why um, it's such a challenge to play those guys every week, and uh, they took it to us at that point, scored again, and, um, you know, we need to get bigger, stronger, physical, and find a way to get a couple first downs there. And I'm sorry to be so irritated, but I'm irritated. <laughs> well, we're, not have truth we're, not su- we're not surprised you're irritated. And if you aren't irritated about a 31-7 to loss, you know, you might be in the wrong profession. So we're not... There's no doubt. Particularly surprised. I don't know how much of a sense of humor you can have walking off the field. Do you tell Troy Calhoun you're right, you might be in the wrong league? Holy cow. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't know where he was going with that. I still. I still don't. I mean, maybe they. Maybe they feel like independence or something good for them. I don't know. But uh, you know, he's he's got himself a, a heck of a football team, and uh, you know, they they did some good things. So they're they'll be right there battling with everybody as we go through. And the bright side is, is so will we. But we have to step up and understand our deficiencies. And you know, it starts this week with BYU, and then uh, the week after that, we're going to play ourselves with four games left to. Uh, you know, control our own destiny. So that's where this football team is. But that doesn't mean we can, you know, go sit in the corner and and uh, hide from what we what we took uh, uh, the beatdown that we took on Saturday. So there's really no point in asking you. Oh, since you come back after this uh, demoralizing loss, would you rather play a conference game or BYU? Because you're playing BYU, so who cares what you want? The fact is, you've got to play BYU. Obviously, it's always an emotional game. National television, Saturday night, and blah blah blah. Is that something that you enjoy and embrace and want to transfer to the players to make sure? All right, you sucked last week. Now you got a shot at redemption. That's going to mean a whole lot to a whole lot of people. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. And you take those, those uh, you know, I'm the worst one to get over losses, and I'm never going to change that. That's just me. That's my personality. And, and I'm not afraid to talk, and I'm not afraid to talk uh, harshly to a team and to myself and look in the mirror, and, you know, then we'll move on. But it's right now it's time to move on, and we'll move on through that as we go through this morning. The meeting, kids already had meetings. We'll put this game behind us at 145, and, uh, but we'll wait to put it behind us because we need to understand it and we need to digest it and feel it and um, not be happy about it. But then we move on to a big game this week, BYU. There's no doubt it should fuel our fire. Um, I'm sure they're, they're, uh, they're fired up. They've had some big wins. They've done some great things this year, and um, obviously beating Boise is a, is a huge, huge step. Uh, you know, they look and who they beat SC is right there in the fight for the, the championship. So they've done some really good things. They're a good football team. And it's going to be a fight on both sides. They're coming to our place, and they're a physical football team. And if we can't match the physicality of the teams that we're playing throughout the rest of the season, you know, um, it's, it's going to be a battle. And uh, I'm looking forward to see this team play again. Uh, we are playing a rivalry game. That's a big game. It's an important game. But you know what the Aggies need to do? The Aggies need to look at themselves and take care of themselves and functionally you know, work in all three areas of the football game, offense, defense, special teams, to get better, and uh, then worry about playing BYU. Aggie coach Gary Anderson joined us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So you mentioned earlier in the uh, – in the interview about getting beat at the line of scrimmage. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, we all know Air Force is the option. So it, in some regards, it's different. But in some regards, it's still kind of the same thing. So how much of the problems that you had against Air Force could be a problem against BYU? And how much of it is just a one-off play in that, that option offense? Well, it's a ton just playing against that offense. And, uh, you know, the way that, they're built the way that uh, they go about things. Um, it's it's extremely difficult, which we all know. So that being said, that that's a big part of it. I don't think we had a problem, you know, up front with the with the defensive line from a um, 
physicality standpoint and hanging in there and, and being able to bang around with people um, against anybody else we played this year. And I would suspect as we go through these next five games, we're going to be in really good battles with people. And I, I expect us to be right there with teams that we play on the line of scrimmage. And that we'll see. On the offensive side of the ball, you know, the youthfulness is, 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 is truly shown. And it's just the thing that the offense needs to adjust to and look at and say, because it's real easy to point the finger at one spot. You know, it seems like everybody wants to do that. Well, I candidly and, and very, very uh, – intensely disagree it's time for the other people to step up and stop looking at one person and saying well, what happened it's not that it's the ability for us to get where we need to be and adjust it as a coaching staff and say here's what we do well here's not what we do well and fix it and get us in a point to where the kids and all the kids and the the kid pulling the trigger has an opportunity to succeed and then all of a sudden you'll see some special things happen um, but that happens with physicality football is a physical game and it starts there and I think it stops there so we need to get better so my interpretation of what you just said, and I could be way off, wouldn't be the first time and it won't be the last time, but my interpretation is that you're hearing, and when you say the kid pulling the trigger, that's obviously Jordan Love, there's a yep. thought process going around as to, and, I, and I'm at that game on Saturday night at the Rice-Eccles Press Box for Utah, and I'm hearing it along Media Row. What's happening to Jordan Love? How come he isn't as good as last year? So that's perception, and I think that's, the, that's my interpretation. I don't know if you're intending to say that, but that's my interpretation of it. So with that in mind, is it becoming a confidence issue with the offense now? No, I don't think it's a confidence issue, but that is the normal place for the normal fan and the normal person right. to go, right? Right, and, and exactly. I don't, and I, I, don't, I don't sit back and, trust me, I, I don't pay attention to that, but I will, make, I will make damn well sure that our football team doesn't get caught up in there because every one of those kids is going to listen and look and see and study their, little, their, their, their cell phone and their yeah, social media. Now, whether it. I agree with that or don't disagree, that's, I, I disagree with it, but that doesn't matter because they're going right. to do that. That's right. fine. But the point is correct. That is absolutely the natural place to go where if you get yourself caught into that our team will not get caught into that they will take responsibility and they'll understand that you know they are a huge part of it and you know you want to throw the ball protect the quarterback better you want to throw the ball catch the ball better you know there's still opportunities to be able to do it so everybody better you want you want to throw the ball coach him better um, and and you know absolutely Jordan Love's going to sit there and take responsibility for things but nothing chaps my you know what worse than when I sit there and I say okay well so, you know what's wrong what's no it's a, it's a football team there's a 11 guys on the field and there's you know seven or eight coaches on that side coaching them so let's all look at ourselves in the mirror and find a way to get ourselves better and if we can't then you know we got to change it period um however you change that we got to fix it so i expect it to get better that's the bottom line so it turns out then that uh changing the coaching staff and changing nine of the 11 starters had a big impact on the quarterback <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's that's to me that's another thing. You, it's easy to sit back and and look in, but so you know, I mean, it's where we're coming around. We got nine of eleven starters, and you know, we're close, and we're. I, I get it. All the and then we've all said it on this phone call one or two times. Blah blah blah. Right? I mean, this is going into game eight, so let's let's figure out what we do well. Let's figure out our deficiencies. Let's figure out the positive things, and let's mix it, and let's go be as good as we possibly can. And when this is over, in five weeks, and hopefully. 
another game after that or two games after that, then we'll all be able to look back and say we gave it our best shot. But don't just sit there and say because we have nine of 11 starters or we got all new coaches or we got this or, you know, you know, I got a flat tire three days ago on my car or whatever. I don't, it doesn't matter to me right now. Let's be the best we can be, battle our tails off, and then all of a sudden at the end we'll be able to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, we fought like crazy to be as good as we can possibly be. And then I'm good with that. I'm okay. But I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, we uh, that's, that's why we're struggling on offense because you know our offensive line is young that's that's a cop out fix it and then we'll go from there Ah, oh, you're speaking in my heart coach <laughs> this is a, I, I hate excuses man i just hate them if you get beat you get beat but don't give me a bunch of freaking excuses so i'm glad for you to come on here and say that stuff well, I'm probably saying, I don't know. You know me, Lon. Yeah. You know me. You go. It's just, <laughs> it is what it is. I'm not going to pull punches right. with my players, my coaches, or anybody else. I'm not going to do it. And it's just, uh, it's a great opportunity. And I think everybody deserves that. To, and Aggie Nation is to know that we are going to fight our tails off to make this thing be right. And um, we've done some great things this year. We can't discount the fact that we've done some great things. We're 3-1 and one in league. We've beat some really good football teams in our league. Um, and we have an opportunity to be a, a really good football team. And I don't discount that at all, but I do want to make sure that we look at ourselves and understand where we have to get better and why we can get better and not just sit there and say okay it's it's just okay to be okay it's not is it funky at all you've done this with kyle but now you're going up against your old d coordinator and your buddy is that funky at all oh it's always a little different you know Kalani's Obviously very close. A-Rod's very close. Eliza recruited Eliza back a long time ago when he wasn't nearly as heavy as he is right now and he could actually run the football and do some things. It was, it was awesome. So uh, maybe he's a little lighter. I haven't seen him for six months or so, but the season usually gets him pretty good, so we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, but it's a little different playing against those guys. There's absolutely no doubt they're, they're tremendous people, and, um, you know, I love them. And, uh, you know, I recruited A-Rod way back when, and, you know, Kalani and I obviously had the opportunities to, to coach together. And uh, I remember the day that he got the job at BYU and uh, how happy he was, and we kind of went through that process together. So those are those are awesome times. It doesn't change the, the competitiveness of the game, uh, all those things that come, come, come with it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but... It's a uh, it's a fun time, uh, you know. If it's I always say this at the end. If you would rather, would you just hey, we just can't wait to play against each other. I don't think that's the case, but it doesn't really change how you compete and how you battle against each other week in and week out. I don't know if you have the money in the Mountain West and the staff in the Mountain West to do this, but I've read stuff about other teams. You know, obviously the players have got to be focused on the Air Force game. The coaches have to be focused on the Air Force game. But some of these bigger, richer schools, they can actually have analysts working ahead to kind of offset the advantage of going against a team that has a bye. Kalani knows you, A-Rod knows you, and they've had two weeks to go over film. And Elias has been sitting in there knowing you were going to make jokes about his weight on the air, thinking he's going to get you back. <laughs> so all these guys yeah, have had time. But do you have those kind of resources in the Mountain West to have the analysts to be working two games ahead, or is that just not possible? Uh, we not not for paid spots. So we got guys that can come in and you know help us and volunteer a little bit to do some things and try to stay a little bit ahead. Um, you know, Coach Fav uh, comes in and does some things for us on on the offensive side of the ball, but he's actually kind of named as really as an, in a in within our coaching staff. Um, I'll do my spot a little bit if I can um, to help stay a little bit ahead, if you will, especially later in the week for the for the defensive side. Um, you know. 
I tried to do more of that for Air Force, and uh, you know, obviously, I did a, a really a heck of a job helping them with the Air Force plan. It was a great, wonderful plan that I <clears throat> helped them come up with there. That's for sure. Um, but in anyway, at the end of the day, we can we try to help and um, have. The, but it's not like here's you know here's a sixty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars coming to be an analyst and you know keep us two weeks ahead. We don't have that ability. And I don't. I don't think anybody does in the Mountain West. I'd be surprised if they did, but I know we don't. Coach, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Appreciate you. Have All a wonderful right. week. Go Aggies. There's Gary Anderson. That was uh, irritated Gary Anderson, not fun Gary Good. Anderson. Good, you know, absolutely, I got, yeah. I, I got to say in a way, irritated Gary Anderson was fun Gary Anderson. Well, I mean, he was entertaining, I think, but uh, I, I love a coach who speaks truth. And don't, doesn't mask it. Don't don't give me any. I BS. don't. The care. fans don't want to hear it. I don't care that he had a flat tire on Wednesday. Yeah, the fans good. just don't want to hear it. Did you win or did you lose? Don't give me injuries. Don't give me nosebleeds. Don't give me scheduling. Don't. They don't want to hear any of that crap. Did you win or did you lose? And then if you come out and say we lost because we sucked, then the fans are likely to give you the benefit of the doubt. But if you come out and you start making excuses, they're done with you. And Gary, and we have known him for a long time, so I know that's the way he's going to be. And that's exactly the way he's going to put it out there. And that's what I think the fan base wants to hear. Don't give me a bunch of nonsense about being young. We're nine weeks into the friggin' season, or the frickin' season, as he said. <laughs> it's the same thing with the Jazz. Did you win or did you lose? Well, they did a little of both this past weekend. So I can't help but think that uh, part of the reason that everybody was talking about the Aggies quarterback is they were sitting there watching the Utes quarterback as well. Well, he's gotten better, sure. If you want to make that a comparison, I guess is what you're saying. Yeah, but I think the way a lot better than he has at any point in his career. I think two of the things that Gary was talking about with his quarterback probably apply to the Utes. We can get to that next, but we've also got this guy sucks coming up. So we got a couple things on the plate. We'll get to them next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. (laughs) Snap good, placement good, kick is up on the way. It's the freshman says, give me a chance to show you what I can do. I can win a ball game for you. And he just beat the Cougars. There it is, Oregon's game-winning field goal. Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Who really sucked this weekend? PK, we got a long list. We got... We got the individual competition and the team competition. Individually, Sam Darnold, a week after seeing ghosts while throwing three picks, threw three more picks. This guy sucks. And Jameis Winston's like, I wish I only threw three because I threw four. 
This guy sucks. That sucks. I have a chub for Cleveland fumbling both times he touches the ball. Or this guy sucks. The first time, long run. Yeah, the first time was uh, basically at the line of scrimmage. That was a scoop and score for Hightower. So then they come back out, and the next carry, he makes two great cuts. I mean, he's looking good. and He's off to the races. He's picked up 30 yards. He's picked up 40. And a guy just comes down with a, you know, the two set, like punch the, the ball, chop. Man. Punch the chop, right? Yeah. And the ball comes out. Basically, he ran for 50 yards and then he fumbled. I yeah. Think. And, and, and the, so there's a scrum. I love it when you get that rugby thing and everybody just jumps in there and you yeah. got both sides pointing in each direction. We got it. We got it. And Chubb just walked off the field. He, he, did. didn't, he didn't even have his, he, he he stopped his back to, pick up, to it the whole time. He stopped to pick up his mouthpiece. Yeah, I felt bad for the guy. I suck. He had a great run, but you don't know who's coming from behind and you don't know what angle they've got. And sure enough, he punches the ball and it comes out. Well, I think based on the preseason hype the Browns are getting, I think they're one of the teams in DJ's team competition as part of this. Absolutely. I, I, I do think that when you're on offense and you're Baker Mayfield and things are already going poorly and you got to play New England, it's like the Panthers going out to play the Niners. Man, those defenses are making a lot of people look bad. But he took – so Freddie Kitchens, their head coach, takes a false start penalty, puts his offense back on the field. That's just a bad look. It's a joke. Freddie, yeah. stay out of the kitchens. <laughs> he might be out of a job after the end of the season. That's another new coach. Bring back Hugh Jackson. I have to go. I just gleefully want to say the Warriors. <laughs> I've seen oh. teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. 0-2, blown out in Oklahoma City by 28 points. And Draymond Green's pre- post-game press... Uh, comments both times have involved the phrase "we bleeping suck." Well, they do. <laughs> There's no way to sugarcoat it, right? Uh, Oklahoma City's a team in transition and a new identity uh, yeah, and but all that. I, Joe Ingles said the other day that 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 team's going to beat some teams. Oklahoma City, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad bad team. Agreed. And that's the nature of the West. There are teams that are going to go into the lottery. And they're not a bad, bad team, and they are going to beat some teams, but they're still not going to be able to crack the top eight. Fine. And I think the Thunder in that group. Rebuild. But they took it to the Warriors. Now you Bar- got some young players to build around. Barkley famously told Clay Thompson, who's injured, obviously. Possible. Yeah, and could come on the set of TNT, you're not going to make the playoffs. First of all, you're not going to make the playoffs. You're terrible. Yep. First of all, listen to him. He says first he of says all. He says first of all all the time. Like seven times. <laughs> He's the Ray Lewis of uh, NFL, of the NBA now. He thinks every time he has to say something, it has to be profound. The Warriors are 0-2. The Pelicans and Kings are 0-3. So if you're looking for the group awards uh, nominees yeah, from the NBA. But doesn't it feel good to see the Warriors and Steve Kerr? Next. You've won enough. Yeah. I mean, the China thing with Steve Kerr really just set me off. That he wouldn't have anything to say. When you were so quick to criticize our country, and you have every right to do that. That's what makes it as good as it is. But then something else, oh, I don't really know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. The two most outspoken coaches, a very successful general manager, and two of the elite players in Harden and LeBron James. All fell in the line right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's clear what's happening there. And it's no different than what happened with Apple or what happened with Marriott or what happened with the whole long list of corporations. 
I know. It's just that when you're winning, you have this leeway to say what's on your mind. Meanwhile, yeah. Luke Walton isn't running around telling us what he thinks of Trump or China. Nope. Because they're 0-3. Uh, anybody else you want to put out there this weekend who just really sucked? The Nationals, or is that too harsh? No. The funny thing about baseball is there's no such thing momentum from game to game because it's about pitching from game to game. You can get momentum within a game, but I don't know that you can get momentum from one game to the next to the next, two games later. But didn't it seem like they had it the way they were rolling through the playoffs? 10 out of 12. But you throw good pitching. Garrett Cole, he struggled a little bit, but then he came back last night and he was sensational again. You know a guy who I thought was going to be on the list, but he played his way off it? Adam Vinatieri, missing an extra point and a field goal, and then he hits a 51-yard field goal right at the end to win the game. So we can't put him on the this guy sucked list. He kicked the game-winning field goal. Not at all. He's been a little up and down. Uh, D'Angelo Russell for getting ejected. He's part of the Warriors. Stay, Stay out there and take your medicine. Good to see them bite. Closer to home, the Aggies. We just had Gary Anderson on. That was awful. 448 yards rushing. That is. Well, that was Air Force at its finest. That is. 45 minutes of time of possession. Yeah, I mean, that's what we talk about. And I've had that when I first came up here. You know, I didn't follow Air Force football, but I'm on these beats with the watchdog. And they start talking about this thing. And like your second year, you're thinking, oh, okay, yeah, everything that these coaches told me, I now see because they can just drive on you forever. and And you get a three and out. And it's been like six weeks since your offense has been out on the field. Yeah. And that was the classic Air Force game. They don't throw the ball at all. And they run the ball. They would have three, four guys at 80 yards, and they rush for 400 plus yards. Blah blah. This Air Force at its finest. I actually find it entertaining. And I know we were in a throw happy era, but Air Force at its finest. I find that fun to watch. Now, from the Aggie perspective, that wasn't fun at all. But you know, it is one loss, and they really haven't lost anything as far as being able to claim the title or the division anyway. does look like it's harder, and there's something going on with the offense, and maybe it isn't against all. It isn't all on the shoulders of Jordan Love. All right, DJ and PK, we can get to that and uh, quarterbacks going in different directions, stuff, and how it plays out around them with their coaches and their teammates. We can get to that next. Uh, DJ and PK reminding you to listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the Salt Lake City Stars. Get into the action by grabbing your SLC Stars tickets today. Experience the excitement and community of Salt Lake City Stars basketball all season long. Ticket options include single game tickets, group experiences, premium seating, and season ticket packages. Call 801-325-STAR and get your tickets today.